We were there last week. We're going to go over the same scriptures. I told you it was going to take a couple of times to get it done. And uh, from my notes, it looks like we got at least one more. Maybe two. So how can you go over the same thing over and over again? It's interesting. Let's find out what it says in verse 26. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops <coughs> by itself, first the blade, then the head after, after that, excuse me, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens immediately, he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So we're still talking to you on the subject, how we grow in the kingdom. How we grow in the kingdom. It's amazing that everybody claims to be in the kingdom, yet we still children in our behavior. Mm. But let me pray so we get to it. <laughs> Father, we thank you. We praise you for this day. We thank you, God, for every blessing that you prepared for us in this day. And God, we thank you for every opportunity you've afforded us to walk into it. So we thank you for it now. We thank you, God, for our healing. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for the soon return of your son, Jesus. Now, God, we thank you for every man and woman that's breaking the bread of life around the world. Add a blessing to their words in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, let's try to review a little bit last, from last week so we can kind of bring you up to speed. One of the things we told you is that God is building a spiritual house. That spiritual house is called the church. You and I are his building blocks. Amen. Look at that twins this morning, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, the Bible says that uh, the church collectively re uh, represents the kingdom of God. It represents the place of reign and rule. Uh, the Bible says that we learn that the kingdom of God is Christ's authority on earth to rule. In other words, the first thing we learn about the kingdom is, is Christ ruling here on earth. Now, the first sign of whether you are a kingdom dweller or not is whether you're taking authority in your own life. The second thing is, is all the blessings and the advantages that flow from his rule. In other words, if Christ is truly the head of your life, then you can say the Lord is my shepherd. I. OK, you can't say that yet, huh? OK. Well, I mean, if you're truly in the kingdom, hmm? I think the way the song goes, it says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. And the third thing is all the subjects of the kingdom collectively are the kingdom. In other words, you and I are kingdom dwellers, but we're also part of the church building itself. Amen. So we told you that the church is a work in progress. Christ is building his church, but the kingdom has come. Amen. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, last week we told you in verses 24 and 25, it says that the, the, uh, when the end comes, he delivers the kingdom to God. In other words, when the kingdom is complete, he'll t deliver that kingdom to God. And the Bible says in verse 25, but he must reign till he's put all enemies under his feet. Now, let's see if we can simplify this by saying this. If Christ is reigning in your life, that means that he has put all of his enemies under his feet, which means that all of his enemies are also your enemies. Are they still reigning in your life? Don't answer that. <laughs> All right. And then we told you last week that this, that, 
that um, in John chapter 3, that you cannot enter the kingdom unless you're born again. And it says you cannot see the kingdom. If you remember in John chapter 3, verses 3 and verses 5, uh, you can't see it unless you're, you're uh, born again. So a lot of people who, quote, are born again still have not yet seen or possess the kingdom. Remember, though, this is a work in progress, and that is what the parable here says about the growing seed. It means this, that the way you grow has nothing to do with you. It's a work of God. That is, it, it, here's what the Bible said. It is by the grace of God that we are what we are. But he also said that he gives us grace for grace. So he gives us grace to get saved. That's the first thing. And then he gives us grace to grow. Now, even though you don't control the outcome, you can hinder the growth. Amen. I, I heard my wife say something about giving. See, one of the biggest problems for the church and for the kingdom is not learning how to give. Oh. Uh. Well, let me just go here for a minute. I ain't even finished the review and I'm already off, right? But I always refer you back to one scripture in the Bible, and most of you ignore it every time I cover it because you don't want to hear it. But the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verse 7. Look at it real quick. Hebrews 7, 7. Best scripture in the Bible. I said that about all of them. So. <laughs> Hebrews 7 and 7. Now, what does it say there? Go ahead, you can read it. Well, y'all can read it together. I want you to go ahead. Just read it. Now, how come in life we understand this? If you want to buy a house, you don't call me. You go to the bank. Hmm? If you have to have an operation, you don't come to my house. You go to the hospital. The reason you go to the bank is because they have more money. The reason you go to the hospital is because they have more doctors. And you can do that in any life, anything in life. Listen to me. If you want to be blessed, stop being selfish and sowing down and learn how to sow up. Mm -hmm. I know. As soon as I finish this, you're going to say, he must be out of his mind. I'm not. I learned this principle very early. If you sow in good soil where people are being blessed, you get blessed. But, 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 if nobody got blessed by the giving, think about it. If you, and here's what the Bible says, if you make friends of unrighteous mammon, when you have a problem, at least you can go and get some help. So the lesser is always blessed by the greater. So what we do is we say, well, I have a problem, so I'm going to sow, right? I want, I want the Lord to move. And the first thing we do is when we say we want the Lord to move, is let's look around and see who, who needs help. And we sow because then it becomes us playing God. Well, I'm going to help Sister Laura because she looked like she has a problem. So I'm going to help her. That's completely the reverse of how scripture works. The poor. You keep sowing the poor folk. There'll always be poor folk. Well, Pastor, I'm just trying to help them. 
Well, when you get promoted to God, it wouldn't happen. But until that day comes, until that day comes and you become God, then what you do is you sow into the church, which is the greater, because the church has more resources. And then if Sister Macklemore needs. comes without observation. And the Bible follows that in verse 21 saying that the kingdom of God is in you. So the Bible teaches us that the kingdom is where? It's in us. So the kingdom comes as a seed. But the one thing about that seed is that that seed contains everything that you'll ever need for your life. If you were called to be a, a pastor. The seed is in you from the beginning. That seed grows up by itself. The way that that seed grows up has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the word of God. Y'all understand that? So, you know, people say uh, somebody gets a prophecy as a child and says that uh, they're working on the roof up there. <laughs> oh, Lord, Jesus walking around up there. Oh, Lord, I hope you don't come in the building. <laughs> I ain't ready. Hold it. I probably should have told you this. You know they're trying to fix that. So they're up on the roof fixing Why are they working on it now? Because it's getting ready to rain. We're trying to get it done. Okay? Uh, all right, y'all. <laughs> You're about to have a mad exodus. <laughs> I'm not going to finish any of this. So Romans 17 says, Romans 14, 17 says, it's not your external performance, but your internal change uh, that's reflected outwardly. In other words, this seed that grows up in me is supposed to be able to develop into something that folks can see in me. Now, if there's no change that anybody can see, then I'm still under development. Uh, are y'all understanding this? I hadn't quite gotten there yet. Now, one of the problems we have, and, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but, but let me just say it now, and I'll come back and clean it up when I get there. Uh, one of the problems we have with witnessing is just like with giving. We always want to witness down. You always want to witness to somebody that you figure don't know as much as you, now, now, you don't want to witness somebody that can talk on your level because they may know more than you and you're scared. I'll, I'll come back to that. <laughs> so I told you last week that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost. Righteousness is my position with Christ because uh, he is my righteousness. The Bible says peace is my condition. Now, righteousness is my position. Peace is my condition because of Christ. That means that I, uh, I have the freedom from conflict. In other words, I ain't mad with nobody, and Jesus ain't mad with me. 
Not many of us can say that. Amen. I say not many of us can say that. Amen. <laughs> I don't know. I ain't saying about you being mad with me. I said, I ain't mad with you, and, and, and Christ ain't mad with me. Amen. Now, if you want to be mad with me, that's on you. Amen. But that ain't got nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Amen. Did y'all understand that? That's absolutely nothing to do with the kingdom of God, and that's what we're talking about. Then he says there's joy in the kingdom. That's my disposition. It's because of Christ that I have developed the character of Christ. What do I mean when I say the character of Christ? That means that I am not nervous. Be anxious. See, the problem with us is that Every little thing upsets us. It bothers us. So that steals your joy because you can't have a proper relationship. Your peace is gone. Huh? So that means that your righteousness is in jeopardy. We still here. This is a problem for the church because you cannot let stuff bother you if you're a child of the king. Amen. Amen. Huh? If somebody bothers you, tell your daddy. Amen. Unless you and your daddy are estranged. <laughs> if y'all don't talk, I ain't going there. <laughs> this is a review. I got to move on. So then, the Bible says that all of these are the results of the Holy Spirit's work in the believer or his manifestation of the kingdom in the believer. In other words, the Holy Spirit works in me so he can reveal who the kingdom of God is because we understand that this kingdom of God is a, man, as a matter of the work that's going internally so that I can reveal to others the kingdom of God. In other words, I need people, I need other people to see that I'm not nervous, I'm not anxious, I'm not upset. I have to, to let folks see that. Amen. I say I have to let folks see that. Amen. It don't do any good for you to say, I'm all right. Amen. While your teeth are clenched together and your jaws are trembling and you're telling everybody, you're, no, 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 uh-uh. No. People have to see that when a problem arises, you say, I got this. Amen. What? That's one of the things you're going to have to learn how to do is, 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 is be calm in the midst of the storm. Now, you know, whenever Jesus was confronted with something, there are times when he, he was concerned about things. I didn't say he got nervous. He was concerned about things. The Bible says he went and prayed. He went and talked to his daddy. Hmm? He says, Father, if it be possible. He talked to his daddy. And we know his dad answered him because in the middle of his prayer, he stopped and he said, nevertheless. Hmm? So again, if we're in the kingdom, we should be able to reveal the kingdom. Are we still? All right. So the Bible says this, that Jesus used this teaching as a parable. And, uh, oh, I gave you this. I'll give you this part. I gave you this last week. He said that uh, Mark 4 is an illustration of the kingdom of God as a process of growth. Uh, the process of development is the thing that determines our destiny. In other words, uh, if I do what I'm supposed to do, when I'm supposed to do it, I grow up normally and I become victorious. I become an overcomer. If I do what I'm supposed to do, when I'm supposed to do it. Do y'all understand this? But the Bible says that if we develop too fast, we burn out. A lot of folk in church will burn out. I'm tired. I can't take this. I can't do this anymore. They burn out. I'm not going to talk about it. So they burn out. <laughs> if we develop too slow, we wear out. It's hard 
doing stuff over and over again and not making any progress. Somebody said that's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. There's something wrong with you when you go around the same mountain. When it comes to the 20th of the month, you broke. How can you do that? You did that last month. Don't you remember? Now, I would hide some money from me just so I would have. So when the 20th came, I said, I, I beat you. I might be broke on the 25th, but I. I and next month, I had two, had two pieces of money. But I wouldn't keep being broke. That's why you wear. The devil wears you down because you keep doing the same thing over and over and over. Lord, I don't understand because you slow. Uh, <laughs> what God desires from us is us to grow up into Christ's likeness. We told you this last week that we're to grow up into the head. We're to be just like him. My goal in life is to look like Christ. One of the things that I started to study real early on in my walk with Christ is how not to be upset. Now, do I get upset? Not really, no. I'm not lately. Been, been a while, been a season, been a season, really. Because I realize now he's in control. When I make a decision, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I get protests. Some, some folks don't like all my decisions. I just smile and keep on rolling. What's the worst that can happen? Trying to figure that out, right? The worst that can happen is she's going to come over to my side. I don't know who she is. I'm just, I'm just, that's a hypothetical. <laughs> that's a hypothetical. <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm off one more time. Why not, right? Why not? Let me tell you something. If you're having a pro problem in your own household, don't be messing with folk outside the house. Okay. Uh, if, if you ain't got it going on in your house, don't be coming to church telling nobody what to do. When you come to church, when you come to church, Brother Anthony, when you get here and, 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 and you know the stuff ain't right in your house, and I ask you to do something, say, Pastor, my wife won't let me. <laughs> and I don't mean physically she won't let you do it, but I mean that my condition in my house is not such that I, can, I, can, I can't do ministry. I can't because I'm out of place. God knows I should get off of this, but I declare I found myself in a place I can't leave. <laughs> One of the qualifications for leadership is ruling your own household. I'm talking about men now. I'm talking men now. I'm just ladies, y'all just look pretty. And let me let me talk to brother brother. See, this, 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 when we talk about peace, if there ain't no peace between a husband and wife, there ain't no peace anywhere. Amen. And I don't care how you fake it out here, that tension spills over into, into relationship. So when you have it, and this is just a free gift for the husbands, if you're having problems at home, just take a sabbatical and, and, and work on your relationship. Amen. 
You can, you know, if you want to, if, if you want to know why the church is not powerful, it's because there's something wrong at home. Who was it? Uh, Otis Red said, "Was something wrong with my baby?" Something is wrong with me. <laughs> Did I get that right? Was that only? All right, all right, all right. I'm taking all my time, and I ain't even got to the message today. But y'all are probably having some issues I need to talk about, so. Okay, so the Bible says a parable is this. A parable is a, <laughs> a, parable is a spiritual truth laid down beside a natural occurrence. Jesus reveals the meaning of the parable to his disciples. Now, here's what I'm going to show you. In Mark chapter 4, if you look at the entire chapter, now we started at the 26th verse, okay? But if you look at the, the, the entire par, uh, chapter, that you see that he calls this the parable of the sword. Amen? And y'all have heard this, had this lesson many a time. We did it in Matthew chapter 13. Y'all remember that? So we went through the process of the sword. Amen? So the revelation that we get here is that, uh, 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 that, that a parable is, is something that, that's hidden from uh, 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 people that don't understand, but it's revealed to people who have a relationship with the master. Amen. <laughs> One more time, I'm going off. I said this to you once before, but I, I, I just want to reemphasize something. If you have no relationship with a person, you'll never understand the person. Amen. You can't minister to folks that don't understand what you're saying. Amen. And you don't, you don't get people to understand you if you don't have a relationship with them. Amen. See, the absence of relationship keeps folks in the dark. That's why uh, Jesus is talking to folks while his disciples were sitting there with him. And the disciples... We're, we're hearing the same thing as everybody else was, but then Jesus called them off and said, now look, this is what I, this is what I meant, because he had a relationship with them. Are you, are you following? And, and, and if you're sitting in the church today, and you're hearing something, and you say, I don't know what in the world he's talking about. Well, that's because you don't know. He up there making jokes, and I don't get it. And, well, you don't, you don't know me. But if you come two or three times, you say, I know exactly what he's doing there. Because we have a relationship. Amen. Understanding. I think what Jerry Butler said, ain't understanding mellow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Young folk here don't know what I'm talking about. Don't know nothing about the Ice Man, do you? Okay, all right. Some of the old sisters remember that. Okay, we just gonna have fun today. That may be. <laughs> so, in the parable of the soil, we learn that the kingdom of God grows just same way as a crop would grow. Amen? Now, watch this. It says the man sowing the seed is Christ. Except in Matthew 4, 29, it says a man, not the sower. Okay? I told you that last week. Then it says that the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. The soil is the believer in the world. In other words, you're in the midst of a whole bunch of folk, but the Bible says that, that, that you believe this word in your heart. So the Bible says that, I can tell you, Lot was, was like that. Oh, yeah. All right? 
And then uh, the Bible says that the harvest are the souls. The harvest are the souls. So what do we get out of this? Here's what the Bible says in verses uh, 16 through 19. Here's what he says. He says in 416, the root is shallow, which means it produces a hard heart, and then we give up. Then in verse 17, it says, if we grow up too fast, uh, with no pressure, we'll burn up. Then verse uh, 19 says that if we mix what we receive with the cares of this world, uh, that means we have no fight in us. That's, you know, that's what most people do. They worry about everything. We'll choke up. I, you know, that, any of you guys who follow sports, see, when, you, when, when the game is on the line, the kickers, you know, I always say this. One thing, I pay you to do one thing, right? You ain't got to tackle nobody. You ain't got to throw no pass. I, I pay you to do one thing. Just kick the ball. Just kick the ball. Just kick the ball. See, you like the kicker. Jesus said, I just ask you to do one thing. Just, just, just one thing. All I want you to do is just get this word. That's, that's all you Don't worry about the crowds and all they do, all the cheering and yelling and booing. Just, just, just kick the ball. Just kick the ball. This is usually when you choke up. <sighs> Too much pressure. I can't do it. I can't do it. And that's what it says here. In verse 19, if we mix it with the cares of the world, if you are noticing the circumstances around you, you're always going to have a problem. You ever notice now, and I hope you ladies can get this metaphor from, from football, but the kicker is always concerned about what's going on around you. You ever notice the quarterback has that pressure every play? Amen. Every single play? Every single one? Amen. So why didn't he choke up? Because he practices, he has confidence in his line, right? Or in the case of Russell Wilson, he has confidence in his legs because yeah. they be chasing him all over the place. But, but, but the fact is that he knows he's going to be all right. He ain't worried about getting hit. No pressure. Somebody say no pressure. No pressure. See, and, and, and he... Boy, this is good. This, we should have this in the fall. Uh, but this is, the way, this is the way it is as a saint. When you're saved and you understand who Jesus is in your life, you're a kingdom built. There ain't no pressure on you. Mm -mm. Not, mm -mm. See, the one thing you know is that if, you, if, if you're the quarterback, generally speaking, you can outrun them big guys. That's another metaphor. Here comes the devil like a big old lumbering, you know, defenseless lineman. And most of the time, all you got to do is step aside. Unless, unless, unless you're scared, unless there's pressure. All right, verse 20 says, 420 says this. If we receive the word with honest and sincere understanding, in other words, if, if we receive it with loyalty to the king, we grow up. Receiving the word, believing that God is God and that whatever he proposes is going to happen, then I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to have a problem with it. So here's what the Bible says. It says it's the quality of the soil. Now notice what we said the soil is. Notice in, uh, 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 here it says the, the soil is, is, is the believer. The word is, is, is placed in us. So the soil then is going to determine, uh, <clears throat> the quality of the soil is going to determine the quantity of the harvest. The quantity. All right? If, if this, well, wait a minute. The seed also determines the identity. Because you know if you, if you sow corn, you're going to get always. Always. Are you following me? <clears throat> so, 
The quality of the soil determines the quantity of the harvest, but the seed determines the identity of the harvest. If the seed is sown in good soil, it will produce a harvest. It will, it not might, it will produce a harvest. The quantity is determined by the response of the soil. In other words, how much of this word that you get to grow up in you determines is, is determined by the condition of your heart. See, sometimes you can have everything working for you. All the stuff that you need to grow up right, but you're mad with somebody. So all this stuff is there for you to grow up. But you won't get rid of that one thing. That one thing that you, that person, that subject, that, that situation that bothers you, keeps you from growing up. Now, somebody uh, uh, said to me one time that, uh, you know, stuff happened to them when they were a child. They can't get over it. And sometimes the person that offended them is already dead. And you can't get over it. So then you... Let somebody who was a heathen, now listen to me, who was a heathen, interfere with your God-given call, and you never reach your purpose in life because somebody who's dead is hindering you. Did I get that right? Does that seem right to anybody? But ain't that what we do? Now, if the person is dead, that's a bad thing. It is for anybody to be dead. (laughs) But if the person's alive, that's a worse thing. Why? Because now you're being held up. Because you now have taken the position of being selfish. All you have to do is walk over to the person and say, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't, didn't mean to do or say it. I'm and it's done. Please forgive me. It's done, just like that. There are people you're looking at right now that are holding you away from your destiny because you just won't take two steps. You get free just. Oh, yeah, you can go to the graveyard and talk to that person, too, if you want to. (laughs) It's about the same situation. You can go talk to the tombstone and say, hey, you remember when you did so and so to me? What they gonna say? <laughs> okay. So you got stuff you're holding against people when you're really holding it against yourself. Oh my God. So the Bible says this. Okay, let me gotta finish. I gotta move a little further down the road here. I get nowhere today. The Bible says this. It says those who respond with accepted joyful obedience. Accepted joyful obedience. Respond should not have an S on it. That's me. See, I was going to do something else with that, and I changed it, and then I left it, and I carried it too. <laughs> Notice what it says, though. Look at what it says. Joyful obedience are the most productive. You know how much time you waste being mad? 
I think about this all the time, and maybe it's just me. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I think about all the days that I wasted on folk that were unproductive in my life. And I have asked the Lord many times to forgive me because I want those days back. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. No, I want those days back because those are days I should have been doing something for the kingdom. But instead, I was sitting home worried about what so-and-so said, how so-and-so feels about it. I didn't get anything done. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You don't get no thing, no, uh, no thing. You get nothing done <laughs> while you were trying to figure out if somebody's going to get, get, you know, treat you better or say, you know, oh, well, I just want Pastor to smile at me. I mean, she's been so mad at me. Don't nobody get Pastor to smile when she get ready. <laughs> you know, but you waste a day yes. calling Pastor. Pastor, is everything all right? Well, I noticed you wasn't smiling or that. Uh, uh, do we need to have a talk? Now, you're wasting, wasting a whole bunch of time. And what do you, what do you accomplish for the kingdom? Oh, well, well, I'm working with pastors. I'm, try, I'm trying to get pastors saved. Pastors already saved. So now what you doing? I could mind my own business. I could finish this. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, I'm going to just skip down here a little bit. Now, Mark 4 says this. It says, uh, this parable of the growing seed, we see that the, the man who is the sower, who scattered the, seed on, uh, scattered the seed on earth, the seed begins to grow without our help or our understanding. Without our help, or understanding. If God is going to develop me into something, he is going to do it from within, and you can't see what he's doing. So you can't help me. You can't help me to be who I need to be. I have to grow up in that. Amen? Every test, every trial, every victory, God has designed it so that I could grow up. But if you start messing with it, you're going to get me on a different path. Y'all know how people do that to you? You don't know how to do that? One of the worst inventions that's ever been created is a telephone. For a saint. Everybody else is fine. But you use it for evil purposes. You don't know that they're evil purposes, but they are. Girl, <laughs> did you hear? Now, whenever a sentence begins that way, you need to say, what is it? What did you say, devil? Because you know something bad is getting ready to come down. Messing with too many folk here. First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says this. It says, uh, Who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believe, as the Lord uh, uh, gave to each one. In other words, he said, uh, Everybody's got something for your life. Amen? And when they have something for your life that's good, you receive it. Okay? But here's what he says It's God who actually makes the process take place. He sent a Paul. He sent an Apollos. They didn't come on their own. Are you understanding this? So according to verse 27, here's what the Bible says in verse 27. It says, and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. If the farmer could tell you how it was done, he would increase his harvest. But he does not know. Amen? He does not know. He does not know. So, the Bible says that the process takes place continuously. In other words, while you're sleeping, while you're awake, it's still taking place. And, and the Bible says also it takes places in stages, and you don't control the stages. Amen? Now, 
Have I got time to do this? Probably not. Probably not. Well, go to John chapter 4. I'm going to try. I doubt it, but I'm going to try. John chapter 4. Now, do you all know anything about John chapter 4? Because I don't want to have to really tell you a whole lot about it. In John chapter 4, you all remember that uh, uh, Jesus encountered this woman at the well? Do you all remember the story about the woman at the well? Okay, does anybody, um, let me see if I can shorten the story. Shorten, really short. Uh, Jesus encountered this woman. The woman had some issues with life. The Bible says that this woman was a little bit worldly. Jesus ministered to her, and as a result of him ministering to her, what he did is he repurposed her. Y'all? So by, by repurposing her, he changed her purpose in life. And how did he do that? Well, if you look at uh, uh, what it says down further in the, the chapter, verses uh, 39 on down, what it says here is that she became a witness. Let's call her an evangelist. Okay? Now, what I want to do is jump in between there. <laughs> All right? Between the time she was a little bit worldly and the, and the time she got saved. Okay? <laughs> I'm trying to shorten this so I can... Uh, Verse 34, Jesus said to them, well, okay. <laughs> I got time to do that. Verse 34, Jesus said that my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So Jesus told his disciples very plain, listen, I'm called to do what? That's right. Now, what it says now, I want you to get this. He said, is to do the will of my father and to finish his work. Thy will be done. Oh, you're about to get something here, right? So it says here in verse 35, do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. So he said, the harvest is ready. Now, watch this. He says, and uh, he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this, in this saying, is, uh, in this the saying is true, one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Now, this is preemptory from, for uh, what you see in verse 39. It says, and many of the Samaritans of the, that city believed in him because of the word of the woman. What? Here, here, here's this repurposed woman. He said, now many people believe because of her word. Now really, uh, they didn't need to believe because of her word, because they saw the change. Are, are you following what I'm saying? So here's, here's what. Here. I only got a minute left, and I can't figure out how I can get all this in. Okay, let me say this. Most people today are overly concerned about witnessing the folk. And we have a religious side to our witnessing. What do you mean a religious side? Uh, we are limited by what we believe about who God is and what God's going to do. So we approach people with that understanding. Some of us are very zealous, and we tell people, you're going to hell. In which case, unless the person is completely stupid, they ain't going to get saved. If they do, they're going to backslide because you're scared. Yeah. Amen. You threaten them with hell. Yeah. Amen. Yes, 
All right? Now, that's why I mentioned to you earlier that when you're witnessing to people, you have to do what God places on your heart to do. And when you've done it, you cannot expect results. You want it. Now, you, I'll use Brother Rose. I'm pick on him today. Brother Rose goes out and witnesses several people and tells them about the goodness of the Lord. And he sees those people again, and they're acting the same way. And he says, eh, you need to get saved, you know, blah, 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 blah. Here comes Mrs. Jones. He said, you need to get saved. And they say, okay. Amen. Now, he sowed. He watered. Well, he comes along and he gets the harvest. And this is what messes up church folk. The first thing Brother Russell said, man, I spent all that time with that joker. Yeah, joker. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? And what, what's wrong with that picture? I'm going to have to stop here because I ain't got to, they already put me in the red. But here's what's wrong with it. Our religion has taught us that we, we, we have a kingdom to bring these people in. We are witnessing so we can get a crown for ourselves. Our job is to bring folk into the kingdom. It does not matter who did the work as long as the souls come in. That is the only thing that matters. If you have to have credit or recognition at any point during the process, most of the time, you don't get any credit in heaven. Your job, like this woman, is to just tell folk. Now, you think that woman, if you read the rest of the chapter, you think that folks got saved because of, they got saved because of Jesus. Y'all, and the same folk that you minister to, they're going to get saved because of Jesus. Even though he sold and he watered, they're going to get saved because of Jesus, because it's his kingdom. But we get in the way because we don't understand that it's his kingdom that we're trying to to, to uh, feel, and, and, and because we think it's our kingdom, we have a problem with the way we, matter of fact, we limit ourselves to people that we think need to be saved. And we don't have a clue who those people are because the Bible says that he is the one that puts the seed in. He, listen, when a person is ready to get saved, watch this, they will get saved. They won't have to go to a church. They don't, have, they don't even have to have another person there. They, look, they have such a desire. They say, let me find somebody and tell them I got saved. Do we understand this? And see, this is what the Bible says. The kingdom grows with or without us. Because God has already put this mechanism. You don't know how many people the seed is in right now. Amen. Huh? And every time you say something that's, that's, that's Christ-like, it waters the seed. Amen. Come on. Amen. So when you say to them, you know what? Uh, I was at church the other day and I heard the pastor. Oh, you go to church? <laughs> I mean, people say, where, where do you go to church? You know, because you ain't told them anything. <clears throat> But again, this is about what? It's about relationships. It's about relationships. People get saved. Listen now. They get saved because of their relationship to Christ. Amen. He's done all the work. All he did is pick you out. You know, from eternity past, he picked you out and said, listen, I need you to do something for me. I need you to witness to this lady. But he already told Brother Rose the same thing. Now, he can't say, well, I'm not going to bother her because Mrs. Jones knows her. 
So now I got to talk about the kinfolk religion. Okay, I'm going to try to simplify this because I, I don't want to get, in, get in, into family dynamics. Now, I say this as I look at y'all all in the eyes now because I ain't playing with you. I'm just telling you. The bigger your family, the harder it is to get saved. Y'all hear what I just said? The bigger your family, the harder it is for to get saved. The more friends you got, the less likely they are, they ever get saved. Now, why is that? Because they got you. What? Because they got you. What? They have you. Did y'all understand what I'm saying? No, you ain't get it. I'm going to go over here and talk to these folk over here. Every now and then, you got to go to the A side. They don't ever say anything because, see, they smart. They say, I got it all. You know, we got to talk to folk that you know, need a little help. But there's Miss Dan. Come from a big family. Huge, huge family. Can't talk about your family, girl. <laughs> they like to come back and beat me up. <laughs> but it is hard when you have people that will prop you up for you to grow up. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So what we do is we keep it close. Jesus can't get into your family because y'all surround him, even when you pray. Pray for y'all all the time. Y'all. Y'all. So when you need prayer, you call somebody that's praying for y'all. Jesus is not in the mix. Now, I know this is inadvertent the way we do it, I'm just one, but you need to understand this. If you're sold out, are they singing at the If you're really kingdom bound, then you have to understand that everybody, how we say it, everybody. everybody. Er, er, that's it. Er, er, I, 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 I got to practice my freeology. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody has got to do it for themselves. Everybody. Stop holding people up by having your family meetings and your gathering and telling people about how we ought to do this because, you know, uh, uh, we all as a family, we need to all be saved. Uh, you know, y'all ain't never heard that speech. Okay, if you ain't, you ain't black, if you ain't heard that speech. And then you have a family get together and you say, okay, now somebody lead everybody into the center's prayer. And then you go out and say, my whole family is saved. A bunch of lying heathens. <laughs> now, y'all, that ain't never happened to y'all. Yes, it has. Every family. And that, my friend, will not get you into the kingdom. Because there's no such thing as kinfolk salvation. Every one of you must stand for himself. And each one of you must understand what you stand for. And if you don't understand it, you're never going to grow up in the kingdom, no matter how much uh, Brother Roach's souls and water and and, and Brother Jones comes along and ministers that final touch, and then you still drop right off the grid. That's why the Bible says, is seed grows, and nobody can change what's going on. When a person is ready, come on, can y'all say it? When a person is ready, they'll get saved. As long as you put in the work, whoever puts that final touch on doesn't matter. This woman was the most unlikely candidate. Huh? But they say many got saved because of and I can't finish this because I'm out of time so I'm going to stop right here. 
Amen. Oh, Lord, I don't want to, though, because I tell you what, it's just, just about to get good. That's a good place to stop. Let me give one more. And that, my friend, is how it's supposed to work. Amen. But you all like to interfere. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to close by telling you this. The disciples at this point, stand up, stand up, stand up. Stand up, stand up. If I can't go no further, don't be. The disciples at this point in time in John chapter 4, they were asking Jesus this question, which was a strange question. And uh, y'all asked it quite a bit. What are we going to eat? <laughs> no, 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 no. Notice the scripture, I, you know. Before Jesus started this, this uh Five verses there. They were asking, what are we going to eat? Mm -hmm. Anybody bringing the bread? Huh? Amen. Now, here's what I want to show you. Sometimes what we do, this is a good turning point for us. Sometimes what we do, we make the meal more important than the mission. Amen. That's true. Yeah. What you talking about, Pastor? We make our natural needs more important than our spiritual needs. We are concerned about natural things. Yes. Amen. Not spiritual, spiritual things. things. Jesus is trying to teach them about his assignment, and they're concerned about their food. And see, this is what we do. We make our own ego sometimes more important than building the kingdom. Yes. Amen. I bet y'all don't even know this. Some people don't want some folk on it to be in the kingdom. No, I ain't never gonna witness that because they, they might get saved. be in church with them. <laughs> Amen. Meal becomes more important than mission. You have an assignment. The Bible says the seed's been sown in you. Your job is to bring forth that seed. Yes. The way that we know, and, and I'm skipping ahead to next week, hopefully, but, but he says when the harvest is ready, that's what he was saying in John's chapter, when it's time for things to be harvest, harvested, then he puts in the sickle, which means that he cuts out what he needs. Yes. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, when y'all, well, y'all don't know anything about gardening, but Jan knows about this, that when, 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 when the vegetables are ready to be harvested, she has to take them from whatever source they were in, whether it's a stalk or a vine. She has to physically take them mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. And she takes them away so they can become of use. Yes. What does that mean? That means that God takes us away from wherever, whatever, where we were developing mm -hmm. and puts us in a place where he can use us. Yes. Amen. Now sometimes what that means is, listen now, it means that you never have to change your seat. No, no, y'all. I say it, it means you never have to change your seat. 
wherever you are, wherever you, whatever you were doing, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Now, one more time, I'd like to say this to everybody. Whatever you were doing when you got, you know, before you got saved, keep doing it. It's not that, that what you were doing was so bad, I hope. But <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, it's who you were doing it for. Yes. And when you change, then you'll stop doing it for the devil. Yes. You'll start doing it for Christ. So you can sit in that same pew, that same seat. God can minister right where you are. And one day, your mouth will open and you will say something that will blow the roof off this place. Right from where you're sitting. Amen. Why? Because the kingdom has come. Amen. Amen. It won't come because I push it. I keep telling you, you need to do this. You ought to get this. Y'all got more stuff people need to do. It comes without observation. One day you'll say, where'd that come from? It may not come out your mouth, but it's in your head. You're thinking. Oh, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm always bothered by the fact, and this is just the human side of me, that it takes so long for us to grow up. But I understand I don't have any, you know, I don't have any control. But it takes us so long. And the reason it takes so long is because uh, we have blinders on. Huh? Yes, man. Yes. It's like that Christmas song when you sing, uh, Do You See What I See? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And see, that's, that's my goal as, as your pastor. I want you to see what I see. Yes. Huh? If you can see what I see, boy. I have no doubt in my mind that the dreams and visions that God has given me are going to come to pass at some point in time. I might be looking down from heaven looking at it, but it's going to happen because I've seen it. And I know that I wouldn't have seen it if it wasn't coming. Huh? So, you know, when I ask people, say, they say well, well, what you going to do? You know, I think y'all heard Pastor Anderson say that uh, when I, he asked me about my vision and I told him, and he, he got in his truck and left. <laughs> and, and I understand that people, you know, because when he, he said, he said, well, what you going to do? And I said, you know, uh, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. See, my vision cost $10 million. But he gave me $10 million people. Amen. 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 So, I know eventually somebody will come in and say, here's the check. Yep. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It might be a few years down the road. Katie might get the check. <laughs> but it's still my vision. Amen. Y'all understand it? Amen. And you don't give up on it. Amen. Huh? That's why I ain't give up on y'all. Because I know. Amen. It's in the house. Amen. Whatever. Amen. All right, let me pray for y'all. I'll get you out of here because...